Hot Girl Summer. Gotta get this geared up. So, Chris, uh, welcome back to the podcast. Have you been recording this? No, I just started with Hot Girl Summer. Okay. (laughs) Because it's a Hot Girl Summer 2019. Yeah. Hold on. Let me click, clack, clack. Click, clack, and about. Clickety, clack. Did you know Uh, that this is our official uh, 13th episode? Is it? Yeah. What? I was doing the number today, and I was like, how spoopy. (laughs) 13 is Taylor Swift's favorite number. Did you know that? Why? Is she an evil witch? (gasps) Can she join our bog witch cult? Wait, no, what are, we, what are they called? Covens. That yes. Okay, yes. Bogwitch mm-hmm. Coven. She looks like him. She I could, mean, she could join her. her hair's kind of stringy. Yeah. She, um, she's been dropping hints, possibly, about being bisexual on the Instagrams. Have you seen it? No, I don't believe that. Some, yeah, someone was posting about it on, um, on Instagram, and it was like, um, no! <laughs> I was not certain because she posted pictures of like cupcakes in all of the colors of the the bi flag, um, huh? Or maybe it's not bi flag. Maybe the lesbian flag. She I don't know. Literally, only writes songs about, about boys. breaking up with boys. Yeah. So who knows? Who what knows? Is a, what is a lesbian breakup song like? I don't know. But she's part of. If she does come out, then she's part of the LGBT community. And you'll and finally accept her as a. No, icon. I don't. Still won't like her. But you know, regardless, I will allow her. To be and express herself. I won't be like, oh, she's only doing it for gay publicity. Like all these other queens were attacking her after she said. Uh, you need to calm down. Yeah, you need to calm down. Um, I'm, I'm upset that uh, Pink is considered a gay icon, but Taylor Swift is not. Because I Pink, guess it depends on who you ask. but Pink has always been very outspoken and uh, politically driven. She's always you know, said things about you know, helping and loving gays. While Taylor Swift up until... 2019. A few months ago, like, never really said anything. Well, actually, 2018, the the uh, election in 2018, uh, midterm election, was the only time that she actually said anything about... The gays. Yeah, and being democratic. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Mm, Taylor Swift. Mm. Choices. Wow. <laughs> wow. Well, Spencer, how like was your, uh, your trip to Canada? It was great. Uh, I learned a whole lot of murders. Ooh. Um, so I've got some books, and they'll come up in a second episode, but I have three. Was that in the microphone? That's not a hot girl summer <laughs> thing to do. Well, these white claws are a little bubbly. Oh, we got to describe oh, yeah. what we're doing. Oh, shoot, okay. sorry. So this <laughs> is, um, well, I'll talk about my vacation first. Okay, um, since I asked. So, yeah, it was good. I learned a lot, and um, I got some books to read that I can share with you guys here on the podcast, but uh, it was good. You mean it's like Hometown Murders? It's Hometown Murders. Do you think anyone in their cars while listening on the radio will even hear that? Hometown Murders. (laughs) Sometimes we go from like very low, like, hey, Spencer, we're talking about this, and be like, ah! I'll be like listening in my car, and I'm like, holy shit. (laughs) <laughs> and then Savannah's always like, you guys need to figure out your, like, your, uh, uh, tempo. To, not to, like, the volume, volume control. I was like, uh, have you ever hung out with me and Spencer ever? <laughs> Since because we... it's whispering about people around the corner and then screaming. <laughs> screaming. So, volume control has never been our forte. So, if that's your complaint listener or podcast, um, turn I'm your volume sorry. up. <laughs> you should either. Uh, pretend that you know what we're talking about or have your volume all the way up and just deal with us screeching in your ears. Cause yeah, I mean, it's, it's just every once in a yeah. while. It's not like we're constantly at a very high level of speaking. Mm. Wow. <laughs> wow. I'd probably say out of a full minute, 
20 seconds of screaming. Okay. So a solid 30% of the time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's not 30%. <laughs> 20 seconds out of 60 is 30%. 33%. Oh, my God. <laughs> Le- okay. It was an estimate. <laughs> Math is not a hot girl summer thing. Okay. We don't need that. Math is also not our spooky podcast forte. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is episode what? 42? <laughs> 42 plus... Plus or minus seven. <laughs> seven. Some around in that ballpark, but also the official title's 13. Yes. So. <laughs> so we've got to think of something really funny to say. Okay. Well, we have to, you know, go through our stuff and see if we can mutter something stupid to say and throw yeah, it in there. I'm sure that we'll say something stupid. Yeah, because that's our, that's our entire life. Because uh, I was not impressed with the episode name of episode 10 and 12. 12 was Tony's episode. Yeah, and 10 was see, okay, you, 10th anniversary. You, we briefly touched on toilet paper math in episode 11, but then I talked more about it on episode 12 when Tony was here. So technically that episode should have been toilet paper math. Yeah, but I wanted to say that, I mean, well. It doesn't matter. <laughs> for Savannah's episode, it's kind of her name. Well, because we made her change her Twitter handle. <laughs> we didn't make her. Okay, she yeah, actively right. she volunteered. <laughs> she She's like, I love zone. that. <laughs> I'm, that's me now. I'm Croc Bucket. Sold. Croc Bucket. <laughs> um, Classic. Yeah. So uh, we're, I've been saying Hot Girl Summer <laughs> the entirety of this episode. Why don't you tell them, the folks what our, our theme is? <clears throat> <clears throat> It's my time to shine. So <laughs> our theme today is hashtag basic. Hashtag basic. Because we are two basic white gays <laughs> that are basic as hell. So we're having a hot girl summer and uh, we're drinking White Claws. White Claw. Claws out. Is that? People what, say that. Yeah, I know. But what's the, the phrase in the video that he says? Oh. I don't remember. I don't know. I haven't seen it in two weeks. And I've slept since then. I actually don't times. even know what video you're talking about. <clears throat> it's like I would... What's happening to me? Allergies are bad. Um, ow. It's that guy with the bleach blonde hair, and he's like, white claws are everything, and blah, 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 and just going off. Of, you haven't seen that video? No. It's actually really funny. Oh, my God. How have you not seen this video? Okay, let's pause it, and I'll watch <clears throat> it. Okay. Hot Girl Summer. We're back. La- oh, it's uh, just for everybody that was paused for us there. It's... Uh, uh, there ain't no laws when you're when drinking, drinking claws. claws. <laughs> yeah, basically. So basically, we're going to commit atrocities. Yep. Because we're drinking claws. You don't drink white claws? You probably still like missionary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bleached hair? Check. <laughs> oh, it's a classic video. Classic. Oh, I live for it. Playing something about bananas. Oh, excellent. That's Which happy. helps your fruit ripen faster. Did you know that? You told me that. I told you what? If you put a banana with your fruit, it ripens faster. Correct, yes, because bananas produce a lot of ethylene gas. Ethylene gas is what creates, um, or I'm sorry, what ripens your fruit. So if you need something to be ripened a little bit faster, put some bananas with it. Maybe even avocados. They both are very uh, heavy ethylene gas. Oh, avocados too? Mm -hmm. Shit, I need to take those avocados out of there then. Yeah, because they're probably just sitting in their own ethylene gas together. Um, I've been trying, I put tomatoes in there. Uh Uh-huh. I normally put them in the fridge, but I thought the bowl looked pretty with them. Uh, Technically, you're not supposed to refrigerate tomatoes. Did you know that? <sighs> yeah. Supposedly Fucking five-minute crafts to... here with Chris. Yeah, I'm teaching Tell you. us Ooh, more. We're just touching my butt. Lorky. I think I just touched myself accidentally. <laughs> touched my own butt. <laughs> oh, my God. Stop. <laughs> Who's flirting with me? 
<laughs> in this empty apartment. <laughs> oh, there you go. He's out in his oh, boxers now. There we go. He's changed. Uh, one of Spencer's neighbors, and by that I mean the one that is across the alleyway that's always got a party hopping. Um, he never has a party did, hopping. Well, no, I mean the alleyway, not him. Oh, yeah, the alleyway always has a party. We're on the second floor, and directly across there's a balcony, and this man has his door open, and he just he was just standing there in a towel like he'd just gotten out of a shower, and now he's in just his boxers. Yep. And they're like Juliet balcony, so he's just like standing in the doorway. And just looking. Also, like from my angle, all I can see is like from his chest down. Yeah, me too. I like can't even see his face. Well, because I don't imagine people step out on those because it's just like a grate. Ow. Yeah. So what's the point of these balconies? Besides <laughs> yours. Like yours I have no idea. Yeah, uh, the point of our balcony is so that Carter can pee out there because he's <laughs> incontinent. <laughs> Incontinence. He cannot figure out where else to go. Am I in Paris? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Cleveland is nice this time of year. He's like staring at the wall. Wow, this view is gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> no, he stares at a white wall and he's like, God? <laughs> Am I seeing a light? <laughs> Are you there? Do I walk towards this tunnel? It's me, Coral. <laughs> Coral. I've decided um, to give all of the dogs... Um, Names like their locals or their uh, regulars at my local bar. Mm. So we've got Kenny, mm-hmm. Mo, and Carl. I love it. Um, I think Mo is the best one. Oh, yeah. Well, because it goes back to The Simpsons. You got that old uh, Italian man that's like, you know, he's screaming at people. Mo. Mo. He's got a, he's got a nice <laughs> smoker. Yeah. <laughs> nice smoker's voice. Hey, kid. What you, what you up, champ? Have you seen yeah, the sentence and doesn't talk like no, that? No, I'm not saying him. Oh, I just yeah, yeah. mean like Mo. I'm just saying, never mind. 100%, yeah. My mind and he wears went to a different direction. like a ball cap and has a really thick mustache. Yeah, yeah. But just a mustache. No, nothing, nothing else. Nothing else, just, just a mustache. Just a really thick and mustache. Like, and it's like, hey, kids, I used to drive trucks, but <laughs> not since the accident. Back, back in my day. Why does he have a southern accent now? <laughs> I don't know. I drove from Los Angeles to New York City without a map. In one day. 180,000 <laughs> miles, two ways. Is that... I don't think that's right. I don't think that's right either, but <laughs> that's his story. Yeah, there. He's sticking to it. Uphill both ways. <laughs> <laughs> it just... How, how like does a teeter-totter. This, how does this work? Science is so weird. Did you have teeter-totters as a child? Yeah. At the, the park? Yeah. Yeah. They don't Except make them I anymore. Used, yeah, because they're dangerous. Um, we used to have... they. Uh, just, just short circuit. <laughs> um, they used to. Did you call it a teeter totter though, or yeah, a seesaw? Seesaw, teeter totter, both. Um, we also used to have a merry-go-round too. That was lit. <laughs> <laughs> you boys trying to have four white claws and get on yeah, them? Let's get on the ground. Just like lay down in the middle and just like vomit everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> That's the kind of games that they need to have at the bar. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> just like make people vomit up all the alcohol. They and I would go around drink. in the morning and collect all the teeth. Oh, <laughs> people lose. It's like, mm, going to sell these on the black market. Mm, yay, <laughs> calcium. Yeah. Uh, Crunchy. So I guess we should, uh, let's talk about murder. We should, let's get spoopy with it. Or, uh, yeah, we don't talk about murder. We talk about spoopy things. Yeah, yeah. But murder's involved. Yeah, I'm going to, yeah. Spoopy things are also included in murder. So that's what we had. Oh, we also had uh, Caesar salad just to oh, yes. the, the White Claws D- thing. Didn't we say that? No, yeah. we just, we okay. got, we We're having White, white Claws. <laughs> Fuck you, <laughs> that's why. 
<laughs> yeah, so we had white claws and Caesar salad. So we were just basic white girls. And so. I mean, you know what I saw today that I was tempted to buy? What? Uh, Febreze has already come out with their pumpkin spice <laughs> spray. It was like it's not even September. I know they had to wait until September first when Starbucks is like, okay, let, the Starbucks <laughs> is in control of the pumpkin, pumpkin spice everything, so they have to wait until uh, Starbucks is like, okay, it's fine now. <laughs> but I mean, I don't really drink coffee, but I think you can order that all year round now, can't you? Can you? I think so. Ugh. See, I only like it whenever it's actually like fall, or it's supposed to be fall. You know, Texas doesn't have a fall. No. Like <laughs> the ninety idea, degrees. The idea of fall. <laughs> You want to see some leaves change? Go on the internet. Yeah. Or wait until February when the oak trees actually lose their leaves. <laughs> Why don't you go swimming right now? It's uh, literally November and it's 90 degrees. Go swimming. <laughs> That's one thing that I wasn't expecting when I was in Canada. Uh-huh. It was warm. And it's never been warm while I was there. Global warming's Ever? real. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, <clears throat> like the high every day was like 27 Celsius. Celsius. Explain so it's like to our listeners that are not Canadian. Like 80. It's 80. Okay. <laughs> and uh, that was, I've never That's been there before for that. Wow. Also, it only it rained sunny? once. Yeah, I was going to say, because normally you tell me that St. John's is very like muggy it's and kind of like drizzly, yeah. like 24 7, but Ooh. it was sunny every day. That sounds miserable. <laughs> it's not bad. I don't see it. It's. You feel wet yeah. all the time. Yeah. Well, I, I feel that here in Houston when it's sunny outside. So. Yeah. But it was sunny, and I they don't have air conditioning. Mm. So 80 degrees inside, mm-hmm. and also sunlight. Mm. Yeah. yeah. But if you open a window, it gets cool pretty quick. Oh. Night. Maybe like during the shade. You yeah. know what the night was? 40. 59 degrees. Oh. So you keep your windows open during the night and then close them during the day, so you get the cool coolness inside yeah. interesting but also i mean we were at my nan's house so there was a bunch of people over every night we probably had like 15 people in one room oh. that was hot that's muggy yeah because then everyone's just like breathing on each other yeah hmm. and so all the spencer family that's listening i hope you guys all have good breath <laughs> <laughs> well i found out a lot of my family does listen my, oh, yay! my cousin amy Shout out to my cousin Amy. On all of our Facebook posts. Yeah. (laughs) Amy and her whole family listen. Oh, that's so exciting. Do they get together as a family and listen around the fire? Uh, I don't know. (laughs) Maybe not. Because Cole's 18 and Benjamin's probably 16, maybe 15. Oh, that's the perfect age to get spoopy. And then one of my other little, or I guess she's my second cousin. Um, So your cousin's child? My cousin's child, yeah. Uh, She was like, Oh, I like that. I'm going to start listening to your podcast. I was like, you better, bitch. <laughs> With all the curse words that we say. <laughs> don't tell your dad. Fuck it. Fuck tell him. It's my cousin. Get I don't give a fuck. Listen as well. <laughs> Why not just get the whole crew on? None of my family <laughs> listens. I think they listen to the first few episodes, and then I think my family just like... They're like, we're done. Also, so, well... No, you would have never met her. My Aunt Debbie curses like a sailor. Uh-huh. So they're used to this. Yeah, and they just not, laugh and they're yeah. like, oh, they said fuck. <laughs> That's what we did as kids. She'd always be like, what the fuck are you kids doing? We'd be like, classic. Yeah, but I had a good time. That's good. I'm excited that you had a, a good time in Canada. And I'm very excited that you uh, have returned because... Uh, being two weeks without Spoopy after exhausting ourselves for a week and doing three episodes. Yeah. Um, 
I'm excited to get back swoopy with things and all that stuff. It's so much nicer having more time to write the story. Yeah, exactly. And a night. Yeah, exactly. Like pulling over and like, what's your topic tomorrow? I don't know yet. <laughs> so you didn't know right. your topic until like noon today. Yeah, that's true. Actually, it was more like uh, 3.30. Shit. <laughs> Girl. <laughs> Whoops. Look how orange you look. Also, um, a little plug here. Chris is going to be in a drag competition oh, tomorrow. Yeah. Talk about your drag. So tomorrow, um, we start with uh, Dragadon 3 at Guava Lamp, hosted by Blackberry. Um, so Dragadon is a six-week competition at Guava Lamp um, of drag of all types, essentially. So it's uh, encouraging drag queens and kings and um, you know trans people, anything like anyone who wants to express their form of drag to dress up and, and perform. Yeah, exactly. Um, Oh, oh, shit, yeah. Thursday. It happened three days ago. <laughs> so if you're listening, it's already happened. But uh, we're hoping that Dixie makes it to the next round. So if you're listening, uh, come out next Thursday to uh, – thank you, Thomas, for telling us that. <laughs> um, the intern. The intern. Uh, for uh, – I'm sorry. If Dixie makes it to the next round, you can see her next Thursday as well. Uh, and we're hopeful that she's going to make it because she's got a pretty awesome um, uh, garbage – no, I shouldn't say that. Well, I guess it's already after the fact. Garbage Couture was the the challenge for this week. Uh, we made some pretty awesome materials, and uh, and by we I mean Spencer and Thomas helped out with a lot of uh, my costume. So there, when I a say, bitch made a wig. Yeah, she did. Um, when when it comes to uh, hashtag Teen Dixie Wrecked, it really is a team, and so I'm very appreciative of the people that I have behind me. Uh, so, anyways, Dixie is going to be competing. So please come out and support us. Support local drag always, no yes. matter where you're listening from. Yay! Um, so yeah, you ready to get spooky with it? Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't know who goes first though. Uh, you went first last time, so I'll go first this time because you went before Tony and then I went after Tony. Okay. <clears throat> so I'll go ahead and go this time. Um, okay. So this should go pretty quickly. Um, Spencer, have you ever heard of the alligator man? I, this is the first and the last time that I'll ever no, have not No, because Victoria heard. Black's one and you didn't know Victoria Black's one. I didn't Black's know about one. that. Okay. So. This is the last time that I'll ever know, not know mm-hmm. what you've told. So basically I need to just like search for random places and be like, did they have a murder here? <laughs> right. <laughs> Knoxville, Tennessee. Yeah. So this one was actually really interesting when I started researching it. So um, – you had mentioned that you had a couple of books, so I was like, you know what, I'm going to look for some hometown murders um, and try and find something you know, like, uh, around the San Antonio area, because that's where I'm Is from. Is this from Skirts? No, it's not. Universal um, City? But it's it's close to the area. Uh, ow. Sorry. It's La Llorona. <laughs> no, it's uh, even a smaller town. No, La Llorona is a oh, no, no, person. No, 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 sorry. Uh, smaller town than Shirt, smaller town than Cibolo, smaller town than Universal City. We are going to the town of Elmendorf, Texas. Elmendorf. Elmendorf, Texas. Why is that not a big city? I don't understand. Uh, have you never heard of it? It's on the map. Is it a very, past very small map? No, it's actually uh, just 15 miles southeast of uh, San Antonio. So it's like south of Shirts and. Like over towards like I guess the Lavernia area. I don't know. I don't know really. Really, I know that I've seen it before. Excuse me, seen it before, but I don't really know where it's at. Um, so somewhere in that area. Well, southeast. tell me, tell me what happened. So let there. me tell you. So I'm going to be talking about the Alligator Man. <gasps> so we're going to start with uh, the his name. He's been called several different things. Uh, his real name is Joe Ball. Um, he's also known as the Alligator Man, the Butcher of Elmendorf, and the Bluebeard of Texas or something like that. And I'm like, mm, what are those things? Um, hmm. I don't know what that means. So the facts of this case vary quite a bit from source to source as there was very little known about him during this era. Uh, but a large chunk of the information came 
It was a fly. <laughs> Came from investigation from an article by Michael Hall, uh, who wrote in the Texas Monthly in 2002. Michael C. Hall? I don't know. Michael Hall was a star in The Breakfast Club, a no. movie from 1986. <laughs> then no, it's not him. Oh, okay. Because this is an editor <laughs> for the Texas Monthly, so I'm going to assume that's not... The Texas Monthly? That's a big magazine. Yeah, exactly. in there? So yeah. Hmm. So he wrote like a full article about it. He did a lot of research and went and interviewed a lot of people. So I feel like I trust most of what he wrote. And so I wrote, took a lot of that as opposed to going to like Wikipedia and Murderpedia and all that stuff, even though I did use little expert excerpts of that. So experts of that. Excerpts. <laughs> excerpts. Um, so let me tell you a little bit about Joe Ball. So we are throwing back to the 1930s, which is the era, the reason why we didn't know very much about this. Uh, Joe Ball was born on January 7th of 1896. Uh, little is known about his early life. As he was born and raised in a small town called Elmendorf, Texas, about 15 miles from downtown San Antonio. This town is on its way towards Corpus Christi, homing about 700 people. Hmm. So that's small. small. <laughs> in the 30s or now? Now. Um, oh, shit. So in the 30s, I didn't write anything about like the town at that time, which Michael Hall in his article did go into this whole thing about it. Uh, I mean, it was it basically they bought a cotton gin there. It was it was basic cotton. Um, you know, 1930s cotton industry at the time, you know, huge, booming, like, you know, cotton, everyone would go out so there. So what you're saying is they have cotton. They had you lots of cotton. cotton. Like I want to say cotton as many times as possible about cotton. Okay? What's your shirt made out of? Cotton. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Came from Almondor Cotton. Um, so... Yeah, so basically fast forward, after serving in World War I, he was honorably discharged in 1919 and then returned home as a bootlegger during the times of Prohibition in the 1920s, providing illegal liquor to those that could pay for it. Yo, that's the job. Honestly. That's what Like, you're out do. in the middle of the country, like, let's get fucking lit. <laughs> get ain't no laws if you're drinking. <laughs> there ain't no laws if you're drinking claws. <laughs> Oh my god! I love. You think they had white claw back in the twenties? If they're not fucking living, if they don't, they really aren't. I think we're gonna become white claw people. Oh god, I hope not. Claws, claws. Are we switching from white wine to white claws? Yes. No, white white wine has more liquor. I know. Gets me drunk faster. This is basically just water with. (laughs) If it didn't say that it was hard on hard seltzer on there, I would say, "Oh, this is Lacroix." Lacroix. But it has a little, I feel like it has a little bit more flavor than LaCroix. Because LaCroix is like it those does, ones, yeah. like all the memes is like, I was near a strawberry hint of, one hint time. Of lime. <laughs> I was in the back of a banana truck. <laughs> yeah. Well, this has sugar in it. Oh, does it? Yeah. What kind of sugar? I don't know. Just regular sugar? It says cane sugar, natural cane sugar. Oh, okay. So yeah, it's supposed to be like uh, real sugar. Yeah. So that natural cane sugar, that's good. Anyways, um... So, speaking of cane sugar, he would drive all over the county. So, the, the Elmendorf is still in Bear County, which is the county that houses San Antonio, uh, even though Schertz is in Guadalupe County. So, that means it's really not part of San Antonio. Just it's let not. me know. Anyways. It sounds like you've been lying to the podcast the whole time. I say I'm from Schertz outside of San Antonio. I don't say I'm from San Antonio. Wow. <laughs> I actually tried to look up like murders in shirts. I'm like, there's very little. <laughs> they were like, I really, one time a dog died. I really want to talk. This sounds terrible. I um, really want to talk about like something that happened at my high school, uh, not at my high school, with someone that I went to high school with. That like his dad like 
got drunk and like really got crazy and like murdered his wife and then shot one of his sisters like the person that I know his sisters um, oh, yeah don't do that yeah but like there's no information <laughs> you can tell it, so. me yeah oh I just did it on the podcast <laughs> shit uh, um, you went to San Antonio High School <laughs> oops um, I don't even remember his name so and I'm sure, certain that he didn't remember my name either um, well I already called out somebody from mine that oh, said yeah. he was a serial killer <laughs> It looks like a serial killer. Um, so yeah, he uh, uh, Joe Ball would drive all over the county selling whiskey out of a fifty-gallon barrel. Um, so he just you, like do I you assume, have to bring your own container? I don't know. I guess you just like come up and like let me get some whiskey. Let's get <laughs> here, lit. I got a coffee cup. <laughs> just pour some in here and just get lit. Um, then he also opened a opened and ran a local bar after prohibition uh, ended in Elmendorf named the Sociable Inn. However. Ball was apparently anything but sociable. That's a type of cracker. Sociable in? Sociables. I've never heard of that. Is they're it Canadian? Good. No, I think it's a... They look just like Ritz. Maybe it is Canadian. I've never heard of them. Where are you going? <laughs> uh, okay. You're going to Google it while? You're going to Google it while you listen. Well, first, I'm, uh, I have to open up a white claw. Claws out. Claws out, everyone. Oh, that's a nice claw. That's the stuff. Mm. We can't make our, our pouring noises. Though. I know. I just have to make slurping noises instead. Um, yeah. So Ball was known for having a hot temper and a very hash, – not hashtag. What? I am such a millennial. Uh, quote, unquote, uh, my way or the highway, uh, even threatening neighbors with pistols. Uh, he then hired a young black man named Clifton Wheeler to help around the house and the business. However, Wheeler lived in constant fear of Ball. Ball would reportedly shoot at Wheeler's feet and make him dance like the jitterbug. That's literally what they wrote. <laughs> um, Sociables. Well, maybe I have seen those. No. No! Those look like Triscuits. They don't look like Triscuits. They're Ritz in different shapes. I've never heard of those. You've never seen a Triscuit, because that does not look like a Triscuit. You've never seen a Triscuit. Oh, ouch. Triscuit looks like you could wash your clothes on that. Yeah, I know. That's what that, that one on the front cover looked like. No. 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 <laughs> those are Triscuits. Oh. Uh, okay, you're right. Then it's what am I thinking shredded of? Shredded Wheaties. Oh, I'm thinking of chicken biscuits. Chicken biscuits. <laughs> Close enough. Um, Triscuits, chicken biscuits. All the, the same same thing. Julio, what the fuck? What are you doing? Recording a podcast, you dumbass. Tell him that we're recording a podcast about crackers. <laughs> recording a podcast about crackers. Up next, we're talking about premium saltine crackers. He's going <laughs> to hear this podcast and be like, wow, Chris. <laughs> Did you know you can make a... Oh, never mind. This is not a crackers podcast. <laughs> we're not you can make a pie crust out of those. And it's supposed to be good. What? Um, I don't know. Out of Ritz crackers? Out of uh, saltines. Ew. That's no. so salty. Well. <laughs> yeah. And then you put the sweet ass filling in it. Sweet ass filling in there. Sweet ass filling. <laughs> and then it's That's like the sweet right and salty. Mm. No. Do you understand what this motion means? Uh, sweet and salty. <laughs> That's what it means. <laughs> Okay, talk about spoopy stuff. Okay, sorry. We're almost a half hour. Are we really? Okay, Okay, we're going to speed this up real fast. What? We're an hour? Kendall did what? Oh, an hour. 
Well, so let's yeah, we'll do it an hour. Um, anyway, sorry. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna cut that. <laughs> <laughs> I figured it was of importance. Um, so yeah, he would shoot at his feet and blah blah blah. Soon, Ball went into a nearby low water area in southeast Texas. The um, a low water area, a swamp. Basically, like a pond, a still water pond kind of thing, uh, where alligators had been seen and captured. Some alligators for his uh, for his his bar that he just opened. Uh, he put them in a concrete pool behind the tavern and put up ten foot wire fence around it. Every Saturday night, in a drunken stupor with all of his friends or all of his uh, patrons, he would draw crowds of customers by throwing in. Uh, live animals like possums, cats, dogs, or any other wild animal without an owner that he could find. So the entertainment for a bunch of drunk people in the middle of the night was, was to gore. throw an animal and see what the alligators did. Yeah. So there's that premise. So now we're getting into the spoopy stuff. Uh, Ball hired uh, dance hall girls and waitresses off and on as women came into the town during the Great Depression looking for work. Uh, some stayed and some disappeared. Hmm. In 1934, Ball fell in love with a waitress named Minnie Gotthard, who was... Me name, too. Gotthard, exactly. <laughs> Minnie Gotthard. That sounds like a drag queen's name, which I absolutely love. G-O-T-H-A-R-D. G-O-T-T-H-A-R-D-T. Yeah. Gotthard. Mm. That's a good-ass name. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, she was known as a displeasing, bossy, and obnoxious person, but Ball enjoyed her. Why are you talking about yourself? On the yeah, seriously. I'm like, damn, Dixie is getting red. Um, she ran the bar with Ball and Wheeler, who was his helper, um, as she had no fear of the drunks at the bar. Ball began seeing another barmaid that was 15 years younger than he was. So he was born in uh, uh, 1896. And so I'm imagining that in the 34, he's, what, almost in his 40s now? So if she's 15 years younger, she's in her early 20s. Um so, yes, 15 years younger, uh, named Dolores, quote-unquote, Buddy Goodwin. <laughs> we were talking about it on one of the podcasts, like, all the old, old, old women names. Yeah, exactly. Which is, like, random nicknames and stuff. So her name is Buddy. So she, we're going to call her Buddy from now on. Um, she fell in love with him, even though he threw a glass bottle at her face and gave her a scar from her eye down to her neck. Um Hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's who I would. That's, be I'd be with. like, wow, I really, I, I love, love him. He threw a glass bottle at my face. Um, <laughs> what? In his defense, I said something very stupid. That's why I deserved it. This is the '30s, okay? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Buddy also befriended another young woman. Um, her name was unclear to me. Everyone kept on saying Hazel Brown, uh, but she goes by Shotzi. Ooh, she was a 22-year-old barmaid, barmaid named Shotzi. Shotzi is a German pet name. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Big Minnie, as Minnie Gottfried, her nickname was Big Minnie. I'm going to need you to do this in a transatlantic accent. I'm not good at those. You are. Minnie was a name. The the only one that I'm good at is the southern accent. Because that's how you talk. That's how I talk normally. Jesus. (laughs) You're all I'm basically wordless. Big Minnie did not like Buddy. She said, get out of here. And made that pretty well known. Why don't you come upstairs and... (laughs) <laughs> Fuck me in the <laughs> In the summer of 1934, Big Minnie disappeared without a trace. <laughs> She's gone, see? So She's, she gone. Gone. She gone. 
<laughs> okay, I'm going to just talk normally. Um, so yeah, in the summer of 1937, Big Minnie disappeared without anyone knowing where she went. Uh, Ball told people that she was in Corpus Christi because she was pregnant and that she must have skipped town in a hurry because she left all of her clothes. Mm. Um, so in September of 1937, literally within, what, a couple months <clears throat> of his girlfriend being gone. I don't know. Maybe they were married. I don't know. I didn't say. Uh, in September of 1939, Ball married Buddy and revealed to her in secret that he had actually killed Minnie at the beach and that she wouldn't make any more trouble for them. So Big Minnie, like I said, didn't like Buddy at all. Um, so they, you know, had little quarrels. But Ball, I guess, decided he liked Buddy more than Minnie and was like, she's dead. So it's whatever. <clears throat> so Buddy revealed to Shotzi uh, about this a couple of times, letting her know, like, hey, he killed many. Like, well, where'd she win? But, you know, whatever. Um, in January of 1938... <laughs> why am I laughing? This is terrible. <laughs> in January of 1938, Buddy's arm had been cut off. Which, you laughed at that? You shithole <laughs> Which beam. created rumors flying around this small town of Elbendorf that one of Ball's alligators had gotten a hold of her and ripped it off. There were other rumors that he had gotten angry and cut it off to feed the alligators. In reality, she had lost it after a serious car accident. Uh, so, <laughs> I thought you were going to say some 30s disease. She no. got diphtheria. <laughs> no, she actually she got, got in a car accident. She got the influenza. <laughs> so that's, we're okay with that. <laughs> so that's, I don't know why I was laughing. It's just the way that I had it written. Was that was comical to me. That's definitely what I would tell people. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> lose a finger in a mundane accident and be like, well... Alligator See, got it. <laughs> was in a bar fight and they shot off my finger, but they're dead now. And it's like actually, I just like got drunk and stuck <laughs> I was it in the closing the, white claw. the door too quickly. <laughs> yeah, I was like white claw. <laughs> Put a claw on this. <laughs> um, so then in April, Buddy also disappeared. At which point, Joe Ball began seeing Shotzi, who then later disappeared as well. Hmm. So. All three women within like less a than a year, yeah, just disappeared. So then, in September, on September twenty third of nineteen thirty eight, an old man approached the Bear County deputy sheriff named John Gray and told him about a stench coming from a barrel that Joe Ball had left behind his sister's barn. Joe Ball's sister, um, Gray, had heard about the women disappearing from Ball's life, so Gray and the deputy John Clavenhagen <laughs> drove out to talk to him. Um, right. yep. Especially since San Antonio has a large German population, too. So, Klaifenhagen. Um, Klaifenhagen. Um, they went to the barn, but the stinky, dead-smelling barrel was gone. So they drove to Ball's bar around noon. Uh, Ball denied knowing anything about this, so they all returned back to the barn where Ball's sister corroborated the story. I was like, yeah, there was a smelly barrel out there. <laughs> and I'm sure he was like, God damn it. Yeah, exactly. Um, Shit! Gray, Gray decided... Oh, did you say... Yes! Oh. I'm not supposed to say that. Kathy, I'm sorry. Your son's a piece of trash. Oh. <laughs> Patty, Chris called you a bitch again. Stop. I don't do that. I'm trying to stop because she's actually trying to listen to the podcast now. And I'm like, I did not call her a bitch in a terrible way. Before we started, he was just uncontrollable. He Shut just up. kept saying it. And I was like, stop. She's oh a God, nice it woman. It was her birthday this weekend. Her <gasps> birthday was on the third. My birthday was yesterday. I know. We know that. Anyways. Which ties into my story that we'll talk about later. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, call back <laughs> to yesterday. Call forward. <laughs> uh, so, uh, where did I go? Oh, Gray decided that once his sister 
like um, corroborated the story. Gray was like, "Well, no, let's see what's happening here." It's like, um, maybe we should go to San Antonio for some questioning. Like, let's sit down and like let's talk about some things and see what's kind of going on the with your life. City. Like, what's going on here? Um, so he's like, "Well, we're going to San Antonio." He was like, "Okay, okay, that's fine. I'll go with you. Let's go back to the bar. I want to have a beer. I'll close up shop. Like, we can. We'll go." So Gray was like, "Okay, cool. Let's go have a beer, and then we'll go back. You know, go to the uh, to San Antonio." So they return to the bar. Kills the bar. <laughs> You're getting very excited. Ball pours himself a beer, has a few sips, walks on the bar like he's actually closing up, goes to the register, opens it up, and pulls out a gun, and waves it at the officers, so Clavin, Hagen, and Gray, um, before he then turns it on himself and shoots himself in the heart. Uh, so he commits suicide. <gasps> so He died? <laughs> yes. Uh, so then four other deputies came to the bar uh, and were like, okay, what the fuck is happening here? Uh, investigated the gator pit. And found rotten meat all around the pool. I mean, that's common for, you know, throwing things to alligators. They're not going to eat everything. Eat everything, exactly. So you don't really know what all is in that meat. Um, mm. Especially in 1930s. You can't really, like... Horse. Yeah. Um, and so they also find an axe with... Axe matter? No. They find an axe with blood and hair. Matted. Matted. An axe matted with blood and hair. That's what I tried to... Right. God, my typing is terrible. Um, so the cops then began asking around uh, about two other missing barmaids, uh, besides the three that had already gone missing, and a 16-year-old boy who used to hang out at Joe's bar. Um, instead, Wheeler, which was Joe's handy's, handyman, insisted in the, uh, assisted in the investigation instead. Um, he let the police know that Shotzi had fallen for another man, a patron of the bar, so Ball, Ball killed her. Um, he took them out. So the story goes that he took them out to the outskirts of town and dug up a rotting uh, and decaying body, causing many of the investigators to heave and puke because when he dug into the soil, it just like permeated with blood that just smelled like rotting, disgusting, gross. Mm. Um, so Wheeler explained that after a night of heavy drinking, Ball decided to load the car with beer, a saw, an axe, and a post hole digger. They went to Ball's sister's house to pick up a 55-gallon drum that, uh, and at gunpoint instructed Wheeler to dig a dig a grave. Once the grave was dug, Ball dumped the contents, which was Shotzi's decaying body, uh, and then they began dismembering the corpse. There was more to that that they basically, like, um, Ball was, like, still holding him at gunpoint and was like, you need to help me, and, and uh, Wheeler was like, no, I'm not going to help you dismember a body. Like, this absolutely disgusting. Um, but this is all the Wheeler story. And so apparently what had happened was uh, Ball was super drunk and, like, pissed off that her head kept on getting in the way of, like, him cutting off her hand or something like that. And so then Wheeler helped hold her head out of the way so he cut off her arm um, and, like, dismember more of the body. That's what he claimed that was the only help that he gave to the whole situation. Um, so then Wheeler also described the death of Minnie as well, the other one of the other two, other three missing barmaids. Uh, Ball had instructed Wheeler to pack the car with plenty of whiskey and beer and drove the three of them to the beach outside of Corpus Christi. Uh, uh, after lots of swimming and lots of drinking, uh, Ball asked Minnie to look off in the distance, and when she did, he pulled out a pistol and shot her in the temple. So she died instantly. Um, so then Wheeler, in complete shock, uh, he told him, 
we had no choice. Minnie was pregnant, and I'm in love with Buddy now. So she had to die. Like, there was no point in keeping her around. Exactly. Um, So he instructed Wheeler to bury bury her in the sand, and then they drove back to Elmendorf after lots of drinking. I just love that that's the 30s. One, you don't even really need a driver's license. No. And two, just load the car up with liquor, drink the whole way there. And dead bodies. And dead bodies. Yeah. And just, it's fine. Just hop on in. That is. And they probably didn't have a seatbelt either. Because that was the even, worst of the problems. That was that wasn't even required until what the sixties, seventies. Like that was r- recent <laughs> time frames. Yeah, exactly. Uh, when I was a child, sometimes I didn't wear my seatbelt. Oh my God, Kathy, your child is a lawless heathen. <laughs> no, my my parents went crazy. Like I guess it's a normal thing to ride around in the back of a pickup truck. Yeah, and I was never allowed to do that as a child. Oh. I'm from Trips. We did it all the time. <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, that's where the brain damage comes from. Exactly. Sure. Now you see why my eye is switching all the time. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I had just a seizure 20 minutes ago. <laughs> I'm just like, it's the white claws. He just gave me a lot to Claws out. <laughs> claws. <laughs> Gosh. We basically need to be sponsored by white claw at this point. <laughs> I mean... White Claw, why don't you follow us on rspoopypodcast.com? <laughs> That's at rspoopypodcast.com. Uh, spoopy Instagram and rspoop on Facebook. <laughs> and our spoopy podcast. on Twitter. Oh, yeah. Our spoopy podcast on Instagram. Yes. Yes. Anyways, <laughs> so that's that plug. So, um, oh, so then after they buried her in the sand, police, or I'm sorry, after he told him that story, police began questioning Wheeler about dozens of other missing women after finding a photo album and then tons of letters in Ball's belongings. Uh, so there was like letters from women and all that. So he was like a, a player, even though he was a dick to everyone. I was like, what the fuck? Hmm. <laughs> I don't understand how you were a ladies' man at the same time as being like a complete... Because it's the 30s. Yeah, you just so. have to be able to read. And they're like, he's oh got it all. God. He's got it all. Well, they, he also came from a very rich family. They basically like founded Elmendorf. Well, the person who founded Elmendorf had the last name Elmendorf, but like they basically made the town grow and they like brought the first cotton gin and you know, all that stuff. And they grew cotton and there was cotton everywhere and lots of cotton. Um, so can you say cotton one more cotton. time? Oh, so, God, I love that. Um, so yeah, the San Antonio papers also, once they got a hold of the story, um, wrote about dis- disappearances of dozens of other barmaids around San Antonio. So three days after uh, Joe Ball's suicide, police began digging on the beat, searching for Minnie's body, attracting hundreds of people to watch. This was um, in a small town outside of Corpus Christi. I don't, I didn't write down the name. Um, so you can only imagine that a bunch of more people were like, ooh, they're digging on the beach. What are they looking for? I'm so excited. Gold yeah. here. So finally on October 14th, so he killed himself on September 28th. So then three days later after the suicide, when they began digging, would be September 30, I guess October 1st. So it took them almost two weeks to actually find the body after tons of digging. Well, they're doing it by hand, too. No, they, they had machines. They were using in the 30s. Well, yeah, they had cars and stuff. I'm sure they had coal-powered machines to be like, throw the coal on. We just got get these four guys over here and <laughs> get, get call it a digging. machine. <laughs> That's how you get it. Darn tootin. tootin'. Boom, boomhauer. Yeah. Dangle, 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 machine digging, dangle. 
Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So they... Oh, so then a few months later, guess who was found? <gasps> What's her name? Buddy. I was going to say Dottie. <laughs> Buddy was later found in San Diego. What? Alive. Ah! So she came back to San Antonio for the investigation as well. She knew about the death of Minnie. But Everybody was like, you're dead. She was like, what? Bitch, bitch, I'm here. <laughs> bitch, I'm Hot here. Hot Girl Summer, 1938. Yeah. It's like that meme of like that girl that's like crying on, I guess, uh, America's Next Top Model. Like fake crying. She's like, and she's, excuse me. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Like the, the I no. think that's Tyra, isn't it? No, it's not Tyra. She's bald. Bald? Bald. Bald. <laughs> Bull, 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 bull culture. culture. Um, if you have not listened to our sister podcast, uh, that is let's talk about gay stuff. You definitely should because uh, they have lots of funny moments on there. Because Kendall can't speak English. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, anyways, so we're getting to oh, she knew about the death of Minnie and did not want to follow uh, the same fate. So basically, she knew that he was a big player and didn't want to be the next person killed uh, because he just decided to fall in love with someone else. Um, she also supposedly knew about the murders of quote unquote four or so others. So there's like four, maybe more like that she had known about. Uh, after this whole story came out, many stories also came out, uh, though they cannot be proven that ball, uh, that, that cannot be proven period. Um, some of them include ball was caught throwing a body of a woman into a pool by a man. And then he was basically like, threatened to no end to skip town and like leave until he found out that ball was dead and then he came back um, and there was like yeah i definitely saw him throwing a woman into the pool of, of alligators other tales uh claim like seeing him throw human flesh and body parts like arms and legs into the alligator pool uh those also just like came out um and then wheeler never mentioned so wheeler's a handyman that helped him bury two people um, never mentioned anything further about any other murders or that the alligators were ever involved in any of the murders. So uh, so he doesn't think that, according to him, he never says anything about that. But it could either be that he is covering his tracks and was like, okay, well, these are the only two murders that I know about because those were the two murders that they were actually investigating, but they could definitely link to Ball. Um, so they were like, did you cover your tracks or because you knew that you were already getting sentenced? He um, had to have killed people that way because you don't throw live animals into there and just say humans the line yeah exactly if you're murdering people anyway exactly and you're what you're literally watching like i mean we've talked about the serial killers start with little animals and playing with like rodents and stuff like that and killing them so he was throwing live animals into this pool of alligators to see them get ripped apart so i can only imagine that he was throwing humans how in there many too. alligators do you know he had five. Ooh, yeah Bitch. Yeah, according to whenever they finally got to the alligators, they, he had five. Uh, so Wheeler was sentenced to two years in prison as an accessory to murder, and the alligators were given to the San Antonio Zoo. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, sentenced to murder. They, uh, I don't know still how long today. alligators live. I didn't Google that. Uh, I assume for several decades, uh, since they are reptilian. But I was like, I wonder if any of the alligators are still alive. I think alive. they could be really old. Can they? Can they get that old? Let's Google it. I mean, it depends on how old they were when he had them. But yeah. But was, so he, had, he had one big one and four youngsters. Hmm. I do know that. Um, so, to finish up, the total body count um, is never really known. But this 30 is, to 50 years. They're dead. Oh, okay, they're dead. Okay. Um, but so, in the 70s. Yeah, in the 70s. You could have seen some of these alligators that were still alive. And some guy smoking a joint behind the bathrooms would tell you, 
Yeah, that's him. Yeah, they that's they the definitely one. ate people. It's fun. Uh, I'll, hold on, I'll get to that in just a second. Uh, speaking of that, um, so like I said, the total body count of this uh, is not really known, but it's uh, estimated between about five to up in the twenties of people that he had killed. Um, he is uh, known to be one of the first like modern day serial killers. That's like you know part of modern day American knowledge. Um, and they also have a movie after him. So, like, the, the same people who made the... It's Anaconda. Uh, chain, no, Texas, Texas Chainsaw, Chainsaw. Ma- Massacre. There's apparently a movie that's very similar to that about someone who, like, feeds people to alligators. Um, and so that's why the movie is it's based on him. Um, Texas has got some fucked up murders. Oh, yeah, it does. Of course. Um, but what did you just say? Before that, you said something about... Um, I don't know. I, how long have I been here? I, I, <laughs> Welcome to my podcast. Oh, hi. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Just what we some guy in the seventies. Some guy in the seventies smoking the joint. weed behind the bathroom. Well, they thought that he was there. also do, selling narcotics, and so they like drained the pool after they got rid of the alligators because they were like, that would be the perfect place to throw, like, put them in bottles and throw it in there to hide it. And then they didn't find anything. Yeah, it's like okay, he wasn't selling narcotics, but then, no, that wasn't what I was saying. It'll hit me later. The but. reefer. The re- that reefer doesn't know anything. It's making the immigrants. Yeah, I love that they called it narcotics and they were talking about weed, and I was like, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that kind of wraps that up. Uh, I thought it was a really interesting story because at first I was like, oh, you know, this is a little thing to do, like while I'm busy getting prepared for this week, you know, quick little topic, and then ended up turning into three and a half pages. No, three pages. Wow. So, yeah, look at me go. You said four when you got here. No, I said three. Mm, no, you said four. No, I didn't. <clears throat> well, so anyways, this is yeah. a liar, everyone. That's fine, yeah. Uh, so yeah, that was, uh, was my wow. story. Yeah, that's I thought spooky. it was a cute little thing. That's like okay, because I figured that you would be talking about hometown something because you have your books, but I don't. I figured that you, maybe you don't. You haven't finished them yet. Yeah. So I was like, okay, then I'll do uh, a hometown and go from there and see what happens. So wow. yeah, it's a cute little thing. Not cute. That wasn't cute. People die. People die. That lady lost her arm. <laughs> <laughs> from, she gave it to the alligators. <laughs> Why am I laughing? It's terrible. So <clears throat> it's my turn then. Oh, yeah, it's your turn. Go for it. I'm going to talk about some spoopy things too. Wait. Can we pause? <clears throat> yeah. Claws out. Oh, sorry. Are you back on? Yeah. Oh, shit. Why are you so... Santa's <laughs> crying. What, like, is there any story behind that? No. No, okay. I just love that. That's awesome. So, <clears throat> now... Why do you have more? Hot girl. girl Summer. Yeah, Hot Girl Summer. Hot Girl Summer. Um, so... Her being messy after drinking White Claws? There ain't no laws Nobody claws. is messy after drinking White Claws. Uh, I don't know I was. But then I split a 12-pack with my friend after drinking, after splitting a bottle of wine. So we both had half a bottle of wine, and then we both drank at least six White Claws. Oh, my God. So we were... Uh, lit! Lit! <laughs> yeah, it was a little crazy. Uh, so... I wanted to come back for uh, from our recording hiatus uh, uh-huh. for something that really sparked my interest in true crime and in... You've this, been talking about doing this this, this episode since like the very beginning. Really? Yeah, you've mentioned it several times. You're like, I've already called it. I'm already doing it. Because it's a good ass story. Yeah, I'm very excited. I for mean, you. it's a sad ass story, but but very. It's a very it's interesting, in- interesting, story. and a very part of uh, 
like conspiracies and you know uh, what what happened yeah, kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, 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 yeah mystery. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, but in the grand theme of what we were doing, it's why I picked this, is because it's everybody's favorite. It's basic. So it's basic. Yeah. We're going to be talking about Jean Benet Ramsey. Ramsey. So <laughs> when I was a child, and uh, we moved to the states. A young boy, my father took me into the city. No, okay. Is <laughs> no, that just the Black cheering? Parade? No. Oh. Um, <laughs> my Chemical Romance? No. Oh yeah, I remember. Anybody? Just me. <laughs> Green Day? What? <laughs> no. Uh, oh, I remember them too. Oh, I used to be obsessed with them in high Boulevard school. Boulevard of Broken Dreams. I know. I used to like cry to that. Oh my god. I never cried. It's such a sad still, still barely road. What? What? <laughs> so, when we moved to the States, it was um, the most prolific and widespread story of the time. Uh, and was I, it in the 90s or those in the 70s? No. 1997 or 1996. Wow. And it was still on the tabloids when we got there in 1997. Wow. Um, but it continued for years. Well, it, it, in that defense, it happened Christmas Day. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, got it. But still, I mean, we moved in like the end of 1997. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, but I remember going to the supermarket all the time, and you'd see her pictures on like everything. Yeah, and I'd be like, little doll that face. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, who's she? What is she famous for? Why does she look? Can like I that? take a picture with I'm baby's pretty, breath right? like that? <laughs> Why can I not be fabulous like yeah. that? Kathy, why didn't you put me in child beauty pageants? I obviously would have done very well. Could, would, could your mom be one of the pageant queen moms? No. No, exactly. <laughs> My mom would be like, I don't know. They're all fucking they're all crazy. They're crazy. <laughs> one girl, she's got teeth that are fake. I don't know. What the what? frick is a flipper? I just saying, he's going in gymnastics next next summer. Which also, I wanted to do gym, gymnastics, and I never got to. My parents always try to put me in karate. Karate? Karate. Wow, karate. she's French. <laughs> what the fuck? Isn't that a SpongeBob? A SpongeBob? Yes. Karate. karate. Why did I just do that? What? What is wrong with me? Um, so it's the claws. I like my parents wanted me to do that, and I was like, "No, I don't want to do that." And then as I got it, like became a teenager, I was like, or actually as an adult now, I'm like, "Damn, should have done that. Should have done that. Like that'd be pretty tight to like know." Did I just say tight? Is this the '90s? Welcome to Where 2003, <laughs> everyone. Uh, we're excited for Jennifer Lopez's new album. <laughs> waiting for tonight. <laughs> that's too, that's no waiting for tonight's about like 1998. Yeah, Thomas, okay, tell well. us what song from Jennifer Lopez came out in 2003. 2003? Mm-hmm. Uh, Jenny from the Block. Jenny from the Block. I don't know that. Anyway, <laughs> I'm getting Fat Farms tomorrow. What the fuck is Fat Farms? You remember Fat Farms? No! And Baby Fat? I was basically they were like shoes. not a human in the 90s. I went to a very um, hood school. <laughs> we That's a like, good way to describe it. Tupac, I was like, but you've got a nice set of hair already. Why do you need a Why do you need a Tupac? Why do you need a Tupac? Why not three? (laughs) Just two? I would have asked for more. Tupac, why not three? LOL. Well, also gay at the same time. I was like, two? No, six. Girl, you need more than that. (laughs) Please. 
If I'm going to get out of bed. While you're like dating your girlfriend. <laughs> um, Tim, no, sex, mm, honey. Yeah, I mean, boobs? No. No. Uh, yeah, give me six, sure. <laughs> That's what I want. Two boobs. LOL. Um, oh, gross. So I wanted to talk about Jean Benet also because yesterday was my birthday. Mm-hmm. And Jean Benet Ramsey and I share the same birthday. Yay! She's a year old. She would be a year older. Than yesterday, me. meaning August sixth. Yes, August. For the all 6th. of those that don't know, so just if you're listening, wish you didn't happy actually birthday. wish him a bat- happy birthday. I mean, <laughs> it was still nice. Thank you, Dusty. Um, oh, did he wish you happy birthday? I think he did because oh, I think Tony I just did. Called him out. Oops, sorry, Dusty. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how to read. I don't know. Well, I don't know how to do math. You don't know how to read. Why are we like this? <laughs> it's the thirties, huh? <laughs> let's head out to my car. I've got forty <laughs> cases of whiskey, and we can drive to Corpus Christi. Yeah, let's let's do it. I was listening to one of our episodes uh, on our podcast, and I said something very stupid. You're talking on our podcast. You can't say I was listening to one of the episodes on our podcast. I was listening. No, I was. What? No. I was listening to one of the episodes of our podcast. What did I say? Sure. Yeah. Because that one. Anyways, and then, like, there was a very simple, like, math equation. And I was like, oh, that's like 30 years ago. And it was, like, literally, like, three years ago. It was, and whatever. God, you're stupid. I know. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> you're fucking stupid. <laughs> um, no offense, but. <laughs> no offense, but you're fucking stupid. Oh, <laughs> Uh, so Jean Benet Ramsey was born in Atlanta, Georgia. Atlanta. Atlanta. Uh, to John and Patsy Ramsey. Oh. She lived most of her life. Do you know anything about the Jean Benet? Yeah, case? I know. I, I actually do know a little bit about it. Oh, cool. And like all the conspiracy theories about it. Yeah. I've read and watched some of the interviews. I'm yeah, going to forget it, and I didn't write it down, so I need to say it now. Uh, people think that Katy Perry is Jean Benet Ramsey. Oh, she looks kind of like her as she like does a grown look a up. Bit yeah. Like her. I can see that. Um, yeah, that's a conspiracy theory. Hey, pipe down, peanut, peanut gallery. <laughs> so um, she lived most of her life in Boulder, Colorado. Uh-huh. Uh, her name was a combination of her father's first and middle names. So he was John Bennett, and she was Jean Benet. Oh, so French. Yeah. Um, so her father owned a company called Access Graphics. Uh, he was also like a he was a marine, I think. Um, I and he know. also had a lot a lot of money. Um, yeah, I know they were very. Uh, Affulence. Affulent. <laughs> Affulent. Um, he, the Call access back. graphics that he had was part, or has recently, or not recently, but has since been bought out by Lockheed Martin. Mm-hmm. Um, isn't that where your dad works? No, my dad works for uh, Tanium. Oh, did he work for Lockheed Martin? No, he worked for the United States Air Force. Oh, cool. <laughs> um, so <laughs> he married and was separated from his first wife, and his second wife, wife was Patsy Ramsey. Um, he had two children with his former uh, wife. So they, and Jean Benet is not one of them. No. Uh, Jean Benet is, is Patsy. Patsy's daughter. Okay. Um, Patsy was a beauty queen. Because of her mom's choices, right? What? Because of her mom's choices. Like her mom like wanted her... Patsy Ramsey? Yeah. Wanted Jean Benet to be a beauty queen. Like she... Patsy Ramsey is the mom of Jean Benet. What Patsy Ramsey say? was a... Beauty beauty queen. Queen. Oh, sorry. I thought you were saying John. Uh, no, yeah, John Bonet was a, a beauty queen because Patsy wanted her to be. Yeah. Uh, she had an bro- older brother from Patsy as well named Burke. Mm-hmm. Um, so Jean Bonet was a celebrated child beauty pageant competitor. She won titles of America's Royal Miss, Little Miss Charlevoix, Little Miss Colorado, Colorado All State Car. 
Colorado All State, Colorado State All Star Kids Cover Girl, and National Tiny Miss Beauty. Well, she started competing at like what the age of two or three, like, be- like just after she could learn to walk. She was like forcing her to be in. I think it was three. Yeah, yeah. super early. Um. So one night, or on the day after Christmas, Boxing Day, nineteen ninety six, Patsy Ramsey goes downstairs after sleeping and on the staircase she finds a note and I've got the note here for us to read verbatim. Let's do it. So the note says Mr. Ramsey, listen carefully. We are a group of individuals that represent a small foreign faction. We respect your business but not the country it serves. At this time we have your daughter in our possession. She is safe and unharmed and if you want to see her in 1997 you must follow our instructions to the letter. You will withdraw $118,000 from your account. $100,000 will be in $100 bills and the remaining $18,000 in $20 bills. Make sure that you bring an adequate-sized attache to the bank. When you get home, you will put the money in a brown paper bag. I will call you between 8 and 10 a.m. tomorrow to instruct you on the delivery. The delivery will be exhausting, so I advise you to be well-rested. If we monitor you getting the money early, we might call you early to arrange an earlier delivery of the money, and hence the earlier pickup of your daughter. Any deviation of my instructions will result in the immediate execution of your daughter. You will also be denied her remains for a proper burial. The two gentlemen watching over your daughter do not particularly like you, so I advise you do not provoke them. Speaking to anyone about your situation, such as the police or the FBI, will result in your daughter's being beheaded. If we catch you talking to a stray dog, she dies. If you alert bank authorities, she dies. If, you're mo- if the money is any way marked or tampered with, she dies. You can try to deceive us, but be warned, we are familiar with the law enforcement countermeasures and tactics. You stand a 99% chance of killing your daughter if you try to outsmart us. Follow our instructions, and you stand a 100% of getting her back. You and your family are under constant scrutiny, as well as the authorities. Don't try to grow a brain, John. You are not the only fat cat around, so don't think that killing will be difficult. Don't underestimate us, John. Use that good, southern, smart common sense of yours. It's up to you now, John. Victory. Signed, SBTC. Hmm. Have you ever I've never heard read that? that no. No. Um, it's signed by SBTC, and people still don't know what that means. So, according to statements that Patsy was given to authorities on December 26, 1996, she realized that her daughter was missing after she found this note. Um, she went upstairs and she looked in her room and she was like, oh my God, she's gone. Um, so uh, they demanded $118,000, mm. $118,000. But the ransom note was super long. It was three pages. Yeah. Um, Wait, so it goes on longer than that? No, that's written on three pages. Oh, they wrote wow. kind of big. Okay. Um, so she calls the police and she's like, help, my daughter's been kidnapped. I'm the mother. Help. You need to send help right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll get into that later, I guess, but. They, she never says like my baby or like yeah John Bonet 
she always says my daughter. But is she frantic? Ha- like yeah, well she's kind she's kind of frantic, and the exact word she says is we have a kidnapping. Interesting. Not my daughter's been kidnapped. Interesting choice. We have a kidnapping. Mm-hmm. Um, so, the police are called. Um, they come to the house and they're like, "What's going on?" Um, so they're there day after Christmas. Um, after calling the police, Patsy called a bunch of her friends and other people, and so there's a, just a ton of people at the house. Yeah. And the police start going around and searching for things. Um, so the I'm mean, not gonna lie, like if one of like my children or like my dog went missing, I'd ask all of my friends immediately to be over at my house too. So that's I I don't find that to be entirely strange. Um, because I'd be like, someone help me. Like I need, like first of all, I need emotional help and like you know anything like that. Because I'm I'm just trying to associate like with you know something that uh, that I emotionally care about. And honestly, my dog is the biggest thing that I emotionally care about. It's like if I'm sorry, Bailey. I just called her Daisy. That's Savannah's dog. If Bailey, you hate your own dog. Oh my god. (laughs) If Bailey ran away, which she did one time, and I called all my friends to come help me, um, but they were all like in class and stuff like that. So I only had me and my roommate looking for. Um, but like still it was... with a dog I can see that but not for a person if I were me I'd be like pacing just waiting for the police I mm. wouldn't have even thought about mm. calling anybody else I guess I just I'm, I'm the kind of person that needs my friends for emotional support so that would be my thing it's like I need mm. someone so I guess there's a difference here so I don't see that that situation as entirely weird however I could see it portrayed, portrayed in a certain way so yeah so um yeah. So the only people that were known to be in the house on the night of John Bonet's death were her immediate family. So mm-hmm. uh, Patsy, John, and Burke. The ransom note contained specific instructions against contacting the police and friends, um, but Patsy called the police anyway, and she called all of her family and friends. Uh, two police officers responded to the nine one one call and arrived at the Ramsey home within three minutes. They conducted a cursory. Damn it. <laughs> It always scrolls too fast. They conducted a cursory uh, search of the house, but did not find any signs of forced entry. Uh, Officer Rick French went to the basement and came to a door that was secured by a wooden latch. He paused for a moment in front of the door, but made a critical error when he walked away without opening it. Uh, Unknown to him, John Bonet's body was on the other side of the door. John made arrangements to pay the ransom. Um, A forensic team was dispatched to the house, and the team initially believed that the child had been kidnapped. And John Bonet's bedroom was the only room in the house that had been cordoned off to prevent cam- t- contamination of the evidence. Uh, no precautions were taken to prevent the contamination of evidence in the rest of the house. Meanwhile, family and friends um, and the minister of the family arrived at the home to support the Ramses. Victim advocates also arrived at the scene. Um, visitors picked up and cleaned surfaces in the kitchen, possibly destroying evidence. Boulder, Linda, uh, Boulder detective Linda Arnd arrived at the house around 8 a.m. with the goal of awaiting the kidnappers' instructions. Um, but there was never an attempt by anyone to claim the money. So, Because there was no kidnappers. <laughs> well, here we go. Um, at 1 p.m., um, the detective aren't asked John to walk around the house and uh, see if he saw anything out of order. Um, they searched... John went down to that basement door that was latched, and he went in, and of course he finds his daughter's body. Um, He throws himself onto the body, rips the duct tape off her mouth, um, 
and her her hands were tied too, and he um, pulled that off, and she was covered by a white blanket. So he pulled all those things off her and picked her up and took her upstairs. And he said, um, you know, I found her. And he contaminated the whole crime scene so they yeah. can't say anything about him in there. Um, so each of the Ramseys provided um, handwriting, blood, hair samples to the police so they could test forensically on her. Well, he just laid on top of the body. So, so they're obviously going to find him. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Or even hair of everyone in his family. If he's hugged anyone else or you know, touched anyone else, they've got hair and body parts. And yeah, which is body. hard to say anyway because, I mean, that's where they live. So it's very, very easy to find all that stuff, all that stuff yeah. anytime. Um, but they did find, so for Patsy and John had gone to a Christmas party mm-hmm. the night before or Christmas Day, mm-hmm. um, and Patsy was wearing this red jacket that apparently had like like uh, felt. Yeah, it kind of some the, sort of the like stuff film. would come off yeah, of yeah. it. Um, and they found that on the duct tape mm. on her mouth. So, blah blah blah. John Bonet's mouth was covered with blah blah blah. Each of the Ramses provided that blah blah blah, um, and. They were all interviewed, and Burke was interviewed within a first couple weeks, but they didn't interview him right after it happened. Mm-hmm. Which I think is also a mistake. Yeah. Um, he is nine, though, at the time. So the autopsy revealed that John Bonet had been killed by strangulation and a scroll fracture. The official cause of death was asphyxia by strangulation associated with craniocerebral ta- trauma. Uh, there was no evidence of conventional rape, although sexual assault could not be ruled out. No semen was found, um, and the evidence there was evidence that there had been a vaginal injury. Um, so someone touched her vagina, but there was no semen. Somebody injured her vagina. Oh. Mutilation? Um, well, I don't know. I mean, yeah. it could be sexual. Yeah. There's just no gross no way to tell yeah exactly uh we don't need human beings are disgusting yeah at the time of the autopsy the pathologist recorded that it appeared that her vaginal area had been wiped with a cloth and her death was ruled as a homicide um she was strangled by a garrot um and was made from nylon cord and a broken handle of a paintbrush that was tied around that had been you know they would like twist it to get it tighter um the other part of the brush that they found was in Patsy's art supplies. So the, the garrote was made mm-hmm. in the house. Um, the bottom third of it was never found, but most of it was on the, the garrote or mm. in her paint supplies. Um, the autopsy revealed a vegetable or fruit material had, which may represent pineapple in her stomach. Um, she had eaten it a few hours before her death. Photographs of the home were taken on the day when JonBenet's body was found and show a bowl of pineapple on the kitchen counter with a spoon in it. However, neither John nor Patsy said they remembered putting the bowl on the table or feeding pineapple to JonBenet. Police reported that they found JonBenet's nine-year-old brother, Burke, Ramsey's fingerprints on the bowl, um, and the Ramseys have always said that Burke slept through the entire night until he was awakened several hours later when the police arrived. So if they don't remember the bowl being a part of anything, then the son has had the bowl touched the bowl yeah but i mean he touched the bowl for sure but i don't know unless it was already pre-cut that a nine-year-old can cut a pineapple i don't know but it's possible yeah he used to cut watermelon when i was young and watermelons are not easy to cut no 
my mom was like, you're going to kill yourself yeah. if you try to cut anything larger than a grape. I'm going to be like, oh, he'll learn his lesson. <laughs> <laughs> I got two kids. One of them only has two fingers, but the other one's got all ten. Yep. So, so I'm doing something right. There we go. Right. We're fine. We got uh, 12 out of, out of two, so... So, average of about six. Uh, in December 2003, forensic investigators extracted enough material from a mixed blood sample found on John Bonet's underwear to establish a DNA profile. The DNA belonged to an unknown male person and excluded the DNA of each of the Ramses. So they don't find the father or the son's or the mom's blood. Mm-hmm. The DNA was submitted to the FBI's combined DNA index system. Uh, a database containing more than 1.6 million DNA profiles, but the sample did not match any results. Uh, in October 2016, new forensic analysis with more sensitive techniques revealed that the original DNA contained genetic markers from two individuals other than John Bonet. Mm-hmm. So they apparently has two. Two people. Yeah. But I had seen something about this one time where you can find DNA of like the people that make your clothes on them. I haven't heard that. I've seen it. Yeah. That's fine. Because <laughs> they, they went to like all these realtor, real, I always say realtors when I mean retailers. Mm-hmm. Retailers and like just bought little girls' underwear and tested it for DNA. And, and there was DNA would, on there. There was DNA on them, yeah. on them all. Well, I mean, if you get skin cells on there and uh, typically the amplification of these uh, way that they're doing them, they're doing a gel electrophoresis, they have to multiply the DNA or not multiply, duplicate the DNA 35 times. So you take one cell to the power of 35, or uh, typically you can you have more skin cells on there than one, or like if a hair follicle gets in there or anything like that, they're able to test. That amplifies the DNA enough to get some sort of signal. So they're typically able to do something like that. So I'm not surprised that they find DNA there, but it's just a matter of like, can you actually use that as a way to be like, oh, there was someone there. So hmm. that's interesting to me. I don't know what you just said, but I'm out of white cloth. <laughs> so... So I'm going to pause. But I am now. Mm. So experts, media commentators, and the Ramses have identified potential suspects in the case. Mm-hmm. Boulder police initially focused almost exclusively upon John and Patsy. But by October 19, or 1997, they had over 1,600 people in their index of POIs for the case. 1,600 people. What the fuck? Yeah. Wait. When? What year did you say it was? Nineteen ninety-seven. No, no. I mean that that they had people. Cause they, they, I feel like they're still looking into this case even now. Oh yeah. Like twenty years, thirty years later, twenty something years later. Yeah, a hundred percent. Twenty-two. Take I on. will provide my thoughts. Okay, I have plenty end. of thoughts for this because I actually know this this case. So or a little bit about this case. You're so, giving more in, me more insight, more ammo. So we'll continue. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Errors that were made in the initial investigation complicated the resolution of the investigation and applicable theory. Those errors have included the loss and the contamination of evidence, mm-hmm. lack of experienced and technical staff on the investigation, mm-hmm. evidence shared with the Remsies, and delayed interviews with the parents. Mm-hmm. And Burke. And, and Burke, yeah. Because that child was given two weeks. Okay, I'm not going to get into it. We're, I'll, we'll, I'll talk about it later. Yeah. Well, I've watched the interviews with Burke, too. It's, it's staged. It's yeah. so staged. Well, they gave him a script and basically kept him up night and day to make him learn exactly what he needed to say for everything. Mm-hmm. They knew exactly what he was going to be asked. And Burke's just like, yeah, they hit her with a hammer. And then they say, and then he says, they stabbed her. He's like back and forth all the time. And but it's none not of those things, things that, are a thing. And it's not things that 
a nine-year-old would normally would say. Yeah. They would just say she's dead. Yeah. They wouldn't say how. Yeah. I mean, that's speculative, but yeah. I don't think they would. But also, she had no stab marks or... She had a, a blunt force trauma to the head, and uh-huh. she was... Choked. Choked. And, and she then had some vaginal injuries. injuries. Yeah. So, um, Lou Smith uh, came out of retirement in 1997 to assist the Boulder County DA with the case. Um, in May of 1998, he presented his findings to the Boulder Police with the other staff members of the DA office, concluding that the evidence pointed away from the Ramseys. Really? They were unable to successfully challenge the police department's belief at the time that the Ramseys were guilty. The DA's office sought to take control of the investigation due to the animosity between the police and the DA's office. So there's bureaucratic bickering yeah. between governmental offices. Even though here. someone's dead. Yeah. Uh, under the pressure to obtain a conviction, Colorado Governor Roy Romer interceded and named Michael Kane as special prosecutor to initiate a grand jury. Who is that? Who's calling you? I think it's Martha after I sent her that meme. She sent me a gif, and she's crying. Oh, so sad. We love you, Martha. Thank you, Martha. Does she listen to our podcast? Mm-hmm. Okay. Did Thank you not meet Martha? No, I have met Martha multiple times. Have you met Martha? I know Martha. I just, I didn't know she listened. Uh, I know yeah. she listens to gay stuff. Let's talk about gay stuff. Martha enjoys my company, okay? I know so she, she wants to listen. Okay, I, okay, so she's listening. Thank you, Martha. I'm sorry I didn't know that you listened. I haven't <laughs> seen you. I didn't get to see you when you were here. Because yeah, I was being I was a in dumb. Fucking Canada. And I was being a dumb bitch on the couch yelling about life. So that's fun. When you lost your wallet. No, that was when I broke into my own house. Oh, yeah. I don't think the podcast knows about that. I don't think you need to tell them. That's fine. Because your mom listens. That's fine. You already told her. No. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, two of the lead investigators in the case had opposing views. Both Lou Smith and Stephen Thomas uh, ultimately resigned. Smith because he believed that the investigation had incompetently and overlooked the intruder uh, hypothesis, and Thomas because the DA's office had interfered with and failed to support the police investigation of the case. Grand so jury, basically bureaucratic incompetence. Once yeah. Again. Well, um, Lou Smith was like they didn't they didn't pay attention enough to this. Somebody could have got in there somehow. Although it had snowed the night before and all the snow was undisturbed. Yeah. Um, how does that happen, Lou yeah. Smith? How does someone get in the house and nothing shows any... Like, it, it came from inside the house. Yeah. Well, I mean, they had that window open in the basement, but that was the room that she was murdered in. I I mean, and I've seen him go... I think I've seen that guy, Lou Smith, show how he could break into that portion of the house. Without making any disturbance in the snow? Not without making any disturbance in the snow. So then that doesn't make any sense. Um, so grand jury convened in September 15th, 1998, uh, and they considered indicting the Ramseys for charges relating to the case. Uh, in 1999, the grand jury returned a true bill to charge the Ramseys with the placing of a child at risk in a way that led to her death and with obstructing an investigation of murder based on probable cause standardly applied, uh, in such grand jury proceedings. But the Boulder County district attorney, Alex, uh, Hunter, did not prosecute them. Oh, boy. So the jury was like, they had something to do with this. And the mm-hmm. district attorney was like, no. <laughs> um, That's not funny, but. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, 
that, you said that's you could makes, not prove uh, beyond a reasonable doubt. Yeah. Sorry. That's my own shoe I kicked. <laughs> Don't take your shoes off in here. Too late. So you smell it, smell? Um, so Mary Lacey, the next Boulder County District Attorney, took over the investigation with the police on December 26, 2002. This is Five six years. years after she's murdered. Yeah. Um, and in April of 2003, she agreed with a federal judge who sat on the 22 libel case, or 2002 libel case, that uh, the evidence in the suit is more consistent with a theory that an intruder murdered John Binet than it was with a theory that Mrs. Ramsey did. Wait, so who's suing? I'm sorry. I missed that. The the new DA said that... Uh, they she presented the, a libel case. Yeah. The, saying the, that they're smearing the Ramseys, saying, blaming them everywhere. Mm-hmm. So She's that means that the Ramseys are saying... Yeah, exactly. First case. <sighs> yes. So on February 2nd, 2009... Uh, Boulder Police Chief Mark Beckner announced that Stan Garrett, the new Boulder County District Attorney, was turning the case over to his agency and that his team would resume investigating it. Uh, so 2009 is 13 years after this first happened. Mm-hmm. Um, Garnett found that uh, the statute of limitations for the crimes identified in 2009 grand jury true bill had expired. Uh, and did not pursue the review of the case against the Ramsey. So he said, it's been too long now. You can't charge them anymore. Oh, my God. So basically, it seems like the police department was on their side the entire time. Yeah. Not going to lie. It, like, they were very much like, oh, I'm going to help out in any, any way that I can by providing literal incompetence in every single aspect and every single form. We're going to ignore this door that is right here that mm-hmm. is part of the house that someone might have died in. But don't worry. I'm just going to avoid it. And then will be like, okay, let's walk me around the house now. And then he opens this fucking door. And, of course, the child is there. Like, Yep. John Ramsey had a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And I'm so he sure paid he off a lot of, of people mm-hmm. and be like, hold on, I killed my daughter. Let's not send me to jail, please. Yeah. Well, uh, okay, we'll talk about that. Okay, okay sorry. Um, so October, 20- myself, okay. <laughs> October 2010, Boulder Police reopened the cold case. New interviews were conducted following a fresh inquiry of a uh, committee matter, committee that included state and federal investigators. Police were expected to use the latest DNA technology in their investigation. There was no new information gleaned from those interviews, according to ABC. Uh, it was reported in 2016 that the investigation into John Bonet's death continues to be an active homicide case, per Boulder Police Chief Greg Testa. So they're still researching. Mm-hmm. Now we have some theories and some suspects. Suspects. So there's the intruder theory. Mm-hmm. Um, the the uh, this one was the one that the district attorney thought was true. Mm-hmm. Um, the Ramseys developed a, a relationship with them, and it, I don't think it's very likely. Um, anyway, so the police... Developed a relationship with the intruder? The DA. Oh. Um, so the police may have uh, the Ramseys under an umbrella of suspicion, and the, the uh, prosecutor followed leads for the intruders, partly due to an unidentified bookmark left in the basement where John Bonet's body was found. Early suspects included neighbor Bill McReynolds. McReynolds? Why do you need the Mick? <laughs> uh, McReynolds. Who played uh, Santa Claus. You know, the Santa Claus guy? Yeah. Former family housekeeper, Linda Hoffman Pug, 
and a man named Michael Helgoff, who died in an apparent suicide shortly after JonBenet. Mm. Hundreds of DNA tests were performed to find a match to the DNA recovered during her autopsy. Uh, Smith assessed that the evidence and concluded that an intruder had committed the crime. Smith's theory was that someone entered the Ramsey's home through the broken window basement, broken basement window. Um, the intruder subdued JonBenet using a stun gun and took her down into the basement. JonBenet was killed and a ransom note was left. Smith's theory was supported by the former FBI agent John E. Douglas, who had been hired by the Ramsey family. Hired by hired, the Ramsey family. Being paid for by the Ramsey family. Mm-hmm. Believing Lots that the of money. Ra- yeah. Being, believing that the Ramseys were innocent, Smith resigned from the investigation on September 20th, 1998, five days after the grand jury was convened against the Ramseys. 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 Uh, well, no longer an official. What? Sorry. The what? glass Ramseys. The glass Ramseys. Um, no longer an official investiga- investigator. Uh, Smith continued to work on to... Uh, work it's on a white it. claws. They're know. given given the bubbles. Uh, they he was working on it until 2010 when he died. Mm-hmm. Stephen Singular, author of the book Presumed Guilty: An Investigation into the Jonbenet Ramsey Case, <laughs> the Media and the Culture of Pornography. Oh God! Circa 2016. What a weird combination of things. Also, that's a super long title. Yeah. Um, Covers the entire front of the book. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, refers to the consultations with cybercrime specialists who believed that Jonbenet, due to her beauty pageant experience could have attracted the attention of child pornographers and pedophiles. Um, it was determined that there had been more than 100 burglaries in the Ramsey's neighborhood in the months before JonBenet's murder. Uh, there were 38 success, uh, registered sex offenders living within a two-mile radius of the Ramsey home. And in 2001, uh, former Boulder County prosecutor Trip DeMuth uh, and Boulder County Sheriff Detective Austin Ainsworth stated that there should be more aggressive investigation into the intruder theory. Um, mm. So the guy, what's his name? Bill. Bill. It's not Bill. 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 It is Bill. Bill McReynolds. <laughs> <laughs> he was uh, the Santa Claus guy, uh-huh. uh, and he was creepy. He might not be dead. He's creepy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so he was Santa Claus, and JonBenet, when she was visiting him as Santa Claus, gave him a, a little thing of glitter mm-hmm. one time, and he kept it forever. And he was like, "It's the only thing that a child's ever given me." He brought it into his. I think he had a heart surgery. He Took he brought the glitter. This, the glitter. So uh-huh. he was obsessed with this child. Uh-huh. And uh, he said, "If I die." Mix the glitter with my ashes. Ew. Yeah. He's nuts. Um, also, I think he had a picture of her. Ew. On him most of the time. Um, on him? I think so. He's not even related to her. I know. Um, I don't even have pictures of my nephews. I don't even know what a picture is. I don't even go on the internet. That's a lot. I've never eaten. Have I shown <laughs> you that one? Never eaten. Uh, that's uh, Penelope, right? From SNL. Yeah. It's like, I've never... It's another one. So oh, a different one? Uh, Michael Henry and Brian Jordan Alvarez. Those uh-huh. are these YouTube gay people. I've uh-huh. shown you the one. This is the same people that are like, come on, get in the water. Oh, God. But this one's like, wow, I can't believe you ate that whole sandwich. She was like, well, I was really hungry, but um, I hadn't eaten anything all day. And these other guys like, yeah, well, I mean, 
I've never eaten. So <laughs> ever. Period. He's like, this was an experiment. I'm not. I'm never gonna eat again. I didn't like it. <laughs> um, and then he's like, uh, I can't even drink water. He's like, what is food? <laughs> Never heard of it. So good. Basically. Anyways. So, blah, blah, blah. Now I lost my spot. Blair, blurb. Um, one individual who was, whom Smith identified as a suspect mm-hmm. was Gary Howard Oliva, who was uh, arrested and, for two counts of attempted sexual exploitation of a child and one count of sexual exploitation of a child. See, now this looks like that they were just looking for numbers because they were like, look at all these sex offenders that are so close by. That's probably one of them, not the family. Mm-hmm. Let me throw out as many. There was a bunch of burglaries in the past month or two months or whatever it was. Like, look at all these, like, numbers that are happening here. It was definitely the intruders. Like, no, you were trying to see your way from this fucking family when you know the fucking truth. Stop. Anyways, continue. Yep. <laughs> uh, so, basically, there's a bunch of people that are like, it's an intruder. I mean, it's very polarizing, the whole thing. Yeah. But I think that the next option is the more true option. Of course, we have no idea what happened, but mm-hmm. I think her family murdered her. Oh, yeah. Uh, so I think all three of them were involved too. Yeah. So what I think happened is, um, I don't know necessarily that Burke was involved. I could take I or leave think that. He found them, like found the whole situation, saw or like heard heard something happen, and found the whole situation, and they basically like rehearsed with him and told him exactly what he needed to say. Yeah. So John and I had Peter bed that night. Had Peter bed. Okay. Um, and she was apparently a frequent bedwetter Mm -hmm. and her underwear have pee all over them Mm -hmm. and so i think she peed her bed went downstairs to tell patsy patsy overreacted and hit her somehow Mm -hmm. maybe she slapped her girl fell hit her knocked her head on something um well slapping her would leave a mark yeah i mean she could have pushed her yeah sure um and then JonBenet had a head injury. She maybe she wasn't dead, um, but Patsy was so worried, didn't want to call the police and then have her children taken away. Mm-hmm. So she strangled him, strangled JonBenet, and uh, had. And then John, John was probably like, Burke "Okay, I'll solve, solve this." Yeah. Yeah, said my wife's not going to jail. Yeah, because um, Burke probably heard the disturbance, and then what happened? He came downstairs while he was sleeping or whatever. And then they were like, it's fine, it's fine. Like, this is what we're going to do. And, you know, turn into this whole disaster. Either that, or I think Burke did it Mm -hmm. and hit her somehow. And Patsy was like, uh, Patsy and John were like, I'm not, my son can't go to jail over this. So they killed their daughter. Yeah. Um, I don't think John killed her. I don't think John had anything to do with it, no. I I mean, John definitely had stuff to do with it. Well, I don't mean that he, he... killed her i think it was either patsy or burke for sure especially the way that both of them reacted and i think that he knew that one that he needed to be with the investigator whenever they actually found her body so that he could like jump on top of her and deconnect like it was all so calculated they knew exactly what they needed to do they were an educated family that knew exactly what they needed to do to cover their footsteps yep like the entire situation yep especially like it, it, like even if they didn't didn't do anything like the vaginal injury, I think that they made it look like a rape case. By the, what they probably did was like after they killed her, was like you said, they the cloth was wiped clean. They probably created an injury by you know doing nasty cleaning it out, 
cleaning it out to like make it and making it doing it roughly to make it look like, like there was an injury. Spirits. Exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> um. Da, da, da. Yeah. So um, the child, uh, the child psychologist, in that was like, um, thought that the Ramses had a healthy, caring family relationship. How does it know? So I mean, if they, if it was Burke and he had something to do with it, they really grilled him over what to say. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Ramsey's offered a reward in the newspaper ad dated April 27, 1997. Three days later, more than four months after the body of their daughter was found, they submitted their first time to separate formal interviews uh, at the Boulder County Justice Center. So they had always been interviewed together Mm -hmm. until nearly six months after Jean Venet was murdered. So basically so they could make sure that their stories were straight. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 1999... Colorado Governor Bill Owens spoke out, telling the Ramseys couple to quit hiding behind their attorneys and quit hiding behind their PR firm. Yeah. They hired a PR firm. Exactly. Because they needed someone to tell them exactly what they needed to say. Like, period. I'm going to pay you a shit ton of money. I'm going to pay the district attorney a shit ton of money. I'm going to pay all the investigators a shit ton of money. I'm going to pay all these people. Like, did no one look into where all their money was going and, like, how it was being wire transferred to all these people? Like, I'm looking at this, like, Olivia Pope shit from Scandal. Like, I'm looking at this big picture thing. Like, find out the evidence. Look for it. Find it. I'm looking at it from a perspective of not knowing anything, and it's pissing me off. Like, I can see all these little things you need to investigate from an outside perspective, someone who is not going to get paid off from the Ramses, and find out what the fuck is happening. It's just like, it's irritating to me. It's so irritating because, like, these things are so obvious in my mind. Like, looking back, what, 20 years later, over 20 years later, 22 years later after the fact, like, you are missing so many different factors that is not even missing. These are right in front of your fucking face. Like, I think look at it. They, I mean, what they're trying to say is that the police were not experienced for that sort of a thing, were which they, I do agree with, but the police officers must be incredibly new to not say, get out of your house and get away. I want to look at everything in here. Why are there 15 or more people, all of your neighbors, why the fuck are all your neighbors in this house, you know, ruining every chance, like the house things, cleaning things. The second that I saw someone, if I was a cop and saw someone touching anything, I'd be like, get the fuck out of this. This is a crime scene. You are tampering with a crime. The entire house is a crime scene. No one needs to be here. Not even the family. We need to be searching this crime scene. We need to find any fingerprints. We need to find any blood. We need to find any any samples, any hairs, anything out of place. We will find it. Not anyone else. So obviously something like that, unless it was their first month on the job, no police officer, no crime scene investigator, no anyone that is on a homicide, anything, like should be, should not know that. Like, that yeah. is so simple to me, and it's so frustrating. Well, I think initially, too, they were like, it's a kidnapping, because that's what Patsy said it was. Yeah. Um, so they may not have been thinking to look the house. But that was first thing her. in the morning. Yeah. First thing in the morning. Yeah, okay, you're right. For homicide. Yeah. Also, the Ramseys had a huge house. It was four stories. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. They had money. Um, Sorry. That was my rant. There was a lot. <laughs> a I lot know. of feeling. So, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Um, I'm going to listen back and was like, I, I sounded like Kindle in the Fourth of July podcast. <laughs> no, listen, because you have <laughs> white guilt. 
Um, I don't know. That just it just frustrates the fuck out of me. That's like I told you. I know that a bit of this story and like listening to these interviews and seeing this stuff is like you had all the signs pointing to you that it was literally their family that did this. Like, yeah. and you guys were just too stupid to understand like basic how to do your fucking job. Yeah. Like simple as that. And you just didn't do it, and it just pisses me off because you could have had everything to put. Two of them, maybe all three of them away. Who knows? Yep. Like, all three of them away, like, could it? Because they murdered a poor, child. innocent child. Like, and Patsy's dead now, so. We she got her probably come out Sorry, know. that's terrible. But she had uh, ovarian cancer before John Bonet was born. Uh-huh. And then she got ovarian cancer again. Mm-hmm. And it that, killed yeah, her. Yeah, killed her. Um, and I feel a little bit bad. But yeah, I don't. John is still I'm, living. And then, of course, Burke is still living. And mm-hmm. he had that stupid interview yeah where he was like i don't know what's happening yeah that was him as like an adult too right yeah he was like yeah. 20 something yeah 24. and every, it just reopened the whole idea and everybody of like, was like, like why you lying though yeah, exactly Ugh. So, so irritating intruder theory family theory uh, there was a confession by a gentleman named <clears throat> gentleman he's not a gentleman by a person named uh john mark carr he was a 41-year-old elementary school teacher who was arrested in Pang- Bangkok, Thailand on August 5th, 2006, when he falsely confessed, confessed to murdering John Bonet. He claimed that he had drugged and sexually assaulted her and then accidentally killed her. But there's a blood test that was done. Did she have drugs in her system? No. Also, he said that he sexually assaulted her. They didn't find There was no semen. DNA. No they DNA. They didn't find his DNA. Yeah, Exactly. No semen, no DNA, nothing. Mm-hmm. You did not sexually assault her. Yep. In his confession, Carr only provided basic facts that were publicly known and failed to provide any convincing details. He claimed that he had gotten that he had drugged Jamine, which was doubtful because the autopsy presumed that she didn't have yes. any drugs in her body. Thank you. Um, and that none of the DNA matched. Mm-hmm. Um, so what you're saying is that he probably got paid off by John. Or someone. Or he was just some guy that was like, I want to be famous. Yeah, I want to be famous. I want my 15 minutes in fame say that I did it. And so then everyone was like, oh, we found the killer. When in reality, you did, you fucking didn't. Yep. Ugh. It was a freaking family. Yep. And then there's, of course, the last theory that she didn't die and she's Katy Perry. That's hilarious. Which I think is uh, obviously the, I has the, the best truth case. to it. Yeah. Um, teenage dream. John Benet dreaming about being dreaming a teenager. Dreaming about being a teenager, finally, after all this time and being dead. Yeah. I have, a, obviously, a lot of opinions about this, this that case. It just so it irritates me. So who do you – th- I mean, you think it's either Pat's here or Burke. Or, or Burke. Yeah, like, too. you say Dirk or Burke? Burke. Burke. It's Burke, yeah. Um, like, for sure. I think it's either Pat's or Burke, especially after the most recent interview. That's the one that I've seen, and that's what led me to start investigating things. Because you know that was what five years ago, so the internet blew up all of a, a sudden again. Like, oh my god, look at how weird he's being during this whole interview. And people like, like you had people on both sides that were like, oh, he's just super nervous because he lost his sisters. Like that was fucking fifteen years ago, more than that. And yeah. like, if honestly, this sounds terrible, but you should be over it at that point. You were nine years old when it happened. You don't remember any of that. Like, it didn't really. It like didn't affect you that much. Also, why? Yeah. Why would you go on TV after that if you didn't feel some sort of a guilt? Yeah. Because, I mean, people heard what you said as a Mm nine-year-old. If you didn't do anything and you were still mourning your sister, I would say, 
I don't it's need same, to talk about yeah, this because it's, it's going to bring up bad memories. Exactly. It's, nothing has changed. My opinion is still the same. Everything is still the same. Why do you need to talk to me? Like you obviously have some sort of guilt on the whole situation and you just need to talk about something and be weird on television to reopen your own uh, infamy. Again, yeah. you're, you're just re getting back into the spotlight for another 15 minutes in fame. Uh, talking about the death of your sister that was so famous 10 years ago like yeah or 15 years ago like that just irritates the crap out of me but like the whole situation of having all the the friends and family over everyone cleaning the house everyone like being in the way like so many people were paid off like there was so much money somewhere that was went that was went that went somewhere (laughs) that was went um that went somewhere that that dang old money with dang old money (laughs) Uh, I mean, that was it was transfer. It was wire transfer. Like, why are these receipts not found? Like, there has to be some sort of something or other that like all this has led somewhere. And especially for it to go on until the statute of limitations was basically raised in the case. Like, and then they were like, "Wow, all this time has passed. Oh, I can't find anything now." Like, no. Yeah, the statute of limitations. While I agree with it in theory, and sometimes it is, it's stupid. Mm-hmm. Because well, I mean, the case went on for so long because there was stupidity everywhere. But I mean, there's like that where Jomini was murdered in 1997, and mm-hmm. then in 2002, it's too late. Yeah. To proc- prosecute, but Bill Cosby raped a whole bunch of women in, in the, the 80s, 80s and but he's in jail. You can still get him. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and Ugh. I mean, this is—they always have these like. You know, so and so's missing kind of mm-hmm. national fame stories, mm-hmm. and it's always a white girl. Yeah, a little white girl that is. Oh, look at this! And yeah. It's like, uh, have you not looked at anywhere else where people have gone missing and all that stuff? I mean, like, like the Candyman murders. It was you know the 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 thirty people that disappeared, and they're like, mm, okay, bye. But yeah. then as soon as a little pretty white girl that's from a rich like a child affluent household pageant star, and yeah, her parents have money. Then, she, it just blows up. Yeah. But, I mean, I don't know how they didn't get the Ramses for that. No. Because it's I not. mean, even the evidence that you showed is enough. Like, I mean, look at the uh, what we just talked about, Joe Ball. Like, it was a suspicion of having a stinky barrel behind a barn that was corroborate, corroborated by two people that they were like, well, maybe you should come down for questioning. Like, two people just said, yeah, there was a, a barrel of something dead. Like, maybe we should talk about this, that they led police in the 30s to do this. Yeah. Now, this was in the late 90s, and your daughter is dead in your house with no evidence outside of the house. But we need to talk to a lawyer. But wait, we, yeah, we need, to, you, we need to bring all these family members and or friends and family into this house. We need to bring in uh, all this. No. It's, no. It, it's just, that's all so cloudy and so um, shady to me. Yeah. I think after this case, though, it was police protocol to exclude everyone well get out and to do individual questionings Mm, and you can't have you know everybody together yeah to talk about what they need to talk about because they had done it before Mm -hmm. i mean like the central park five yeah they interviews all those boys separately yeah um but i don't think it was like required and i think after after the ramsey case it it became kind of became a, a situation yeah okay Interesting. Well, well, I like that. I'm glad you talked about it. I'm glad we went back to our being basic and <laughs> being uh, born on August the sixth. Yeah, 
Which Look is really up. why I wanted to do that's Gemini. All. <laughs> that's the only reason. So no, that was a that was a good episode. Like, oh, it, I'm like, oh, it's my birthday. You know, it was born on my birthday. John. John Benet Ramsey. Benet Ramsey. Ah! <laughs> Lol. I'm glad you understood exactly where I was going with that. <laughs> I mean, that's the only time that I understand. It's when a scream is coming, I get like my bones rattle. <laughs> Mine just do that all the time whenever I stand up. Clickety clackety, clickety clackety. Lol. Well, um, I mean, we went a whole podcast without uh, shouting out our biggest fan, Economy Works. Oh, of course. So, Economy Works is a uh, freelance talent a freelance network. talent network. <laughs> oh my god, I'm getting it. Do I'm it. learning things. Do it. Uh, freelance talent. Hold on, Kindle's yelling at us. Freelance talent network um, that pairs professionals with uh, project pro- work. Yeah, project. There we go. Okay. <laughs> Look at me. I'm learning things over time. <laughs> so if you are, hey. shut up. <laughs> so if you are. Um, a uh, professional uh, that's looking to get back into the workforce, uh, you know, single wa- mom that's looking for some case by case basis kind of thing. Uh, hit up economyworks.com to. Who's uh, doing it? Am I doing it? He's am I doing, doing it. Good? Uh, to get back in the workforce. And hey, did you know that the uh, unemployment rate, rate is uh, at a, a 3%? Um, I, I bet you know that if you're looking for someone looking to hire uh, good quality candidates. So you should look at uh, Economy Works because we've got a bunch of people that can can help you out. Am I, I just feel like you guys are letting me go on and it's kind of falling apart. <laughs> uh, I mean, keep going. <laughs> so yeah, because um, uh, when we work, the, the economy, economy works. works. I don't know, you should probably... Throw in some extra things in there. <laughs> Stop inviting all the dogs out. We're going to end we're this before. Up, we're wrapping up a popcast. <laughs> it's quarter. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah, that's our spoofy podcast. Yeah, honestly. Oh, and then, all, of course, I know we shouted out earlier, uh, but you should also listen to our sister podcast. Let's talk about gay stuff. Because they uh, have a good quality podcast that they talk about all sorts of current events and uh, gay history on like that week that they're talking about. And I'm on it sometimes. Yeah, the intern pops in and sometimes the intern's intern is sitting in the background playing video games, which is me. Um, and then the intern's intern's intern. Martha shows up sometimes. And so like it's a whole cascade of different interns. Um we all just like cascade and pouring each other drinks. So <laughs> we all just kind of slope around here like slugs and just here, scream we, into we the microphone. Don't actually ever leave this place. We're just reporting. I don't even have arms all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I only have arms for white claw. Yeah, exactly. Because you got claws out mm. for white claws. <laughs> claws out. <laughs> there ain't no laws when you're drinking claws. <laughs> you said it, brother. So yeah, that's our that's welcome. Well, thanks for coming to my podcast. Spencer. Thank you. Um, I just wanted to tell everyone that for the next podcast, we're gonna talk like Hulk Hogan the whole time. Oh God! So that's it, brother. <laughs> Stop! I can't. Make sure what if you I talk follow- in like a thick southern accent the entire time. I'll be Hulk Hogan, and you be like some dame. What from- was that guy's name? Joe Ball. Joe Ball. Yeah. Oh my God. One of the interviews. Speaking of the one of the interviews for like one of the 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 buddy. Uh, the they're like are excerpts of what she said, and she knows very little like uh, intelligible English. She's uh, like that thick of a Southern woman that she like puts words together in weird sandwiches. She's it's just pretty like, intense. Sweet potato. Pie. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It was. It's a lot. Um, so yeah. So that's the end of our podcast, I guess. 
So, All right. so make sure you follow us at ourspoopypodcast.com, ourspoopypodcast at Instagram, our spoop at Facebook, at Facebook and our spoopy at Twitter. At Twitter. So remember to um, drink your white claws. Like, well, uh, there ain't no laws when you're drinking claws. There ain't no claws. But also, most importantly, remember to get, get spoopy, spoopy with, with it. it.